Celtic Stuff Live. With your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Dukes. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, who finally found a way to win a game where they blew a big lead again. <laughs> Holy moly. It's just, I'm really not concerned, John, but it's tough. And, and like the miscues from Walker and not being able to hit shots, like he's rusty. At the same time, Gordon Hayward is pulling himself together. Uh, Walker is rusty. So it'll be nice to get Jalen back. We basically lost Jalen right after a very highlight 360 two-handed dunk. And then later that game, I think, is what when the injury occurred with the hammy, and we haven't seen him since. But um, and and uh, you know, a little little rough. Ennis Canner, I don't I don't think he is going to come back together. He had a nice stretch there around the holidays and into January, and then he went out for a time, and and now he's struggling. I will say, Tice though hits a three hits two three pointers in this game. I think that we're kind of key wide open three pointers for the Celtics and is at, you know, as Mike and, and Scal talked about numerously throughout the, uh, the game against the Pacers, how he's just screening and screening. I think there was one play that they're like, he just set four screens in one possession. Amazing. And, uh, but he's hitting some shots offensively and everything else. He's getting a lot more involved. I think he had, do you have 20, maybe a little over 20 points? In the Indiana game, I'm going to have to pull that up, actually, while we're talking. But there's some bright spots, man. But it's nice to see them get over the hump. They had a great opportunity to try to wrestle that number two seed. Yeah, I don't think it's over. I mean, there's a lot of people saying, like, well, it's probably over now and might as well give up and, you know, shut down and whatever. I mean, look, it's there's about, you know, there's 19 games left and, that means that, uh, you know, we're getting close to that period of time when, yeah, it is too too close. But, you know, you've got a couple games left with them. And at, at that and at that, you've got a lot of games. You've got a pretty easy stretch coming up. So I don't think that it's completely, you know, unbelievable the Celtics could um, – you know that we should write off their quest for the for the two seed. I, I don't agree that 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 it's over, perhaps. But you know, I, admittedly, the further you get down the road and the wider the gap grows, or at least um, the harder it is to substantiate that it's not getting smaller. Yeah, I get it. But you know, look, the Celtics have they've had their um, very difficult. Um, you know, stretch here and now they'll hopefully ease up and maybe actually get some health for an extended stretch, but we keep looking for it and it just never comes. So <laughs> I don't know really what else to say other than it's, it's all health based to me. And, you know, you can say they're in uniform, but as you said, Kemba being as I think rusty as he's been, it's really hard to say, Oh, they've got full strength Kemba or, well, they got Kemba and they got Jason and they got Gordon. Well, maybe, but, I don't think it's just we talked about. No, he definitely does not. He doesn't have the lift. He doesn't have the same snap. You know, he's working his way back from injury. It's just straight up. And it's a little bit different. Like he got injured earlier this season on that West Coast trip. I believe it was the Clippers game where he took that, you know, real shot like a stinger or something to the neck and, you know, missed some time. But that's different. The knee. The knee is a whole different ball of wax than taking, you know, some other shot. And. He was three for 12 from the field in the Pacers game. And a lot of them went in and out, which means he's close. It's not like he's airballing or front rimming and all of that. A lot of them, you know, actually went down into the cylinder and came back out. So it's a, it's a real minor detail thing. There's lots of reasons to believe he's going to come back together, but even ball movement, like they, they had him out on the floor, but they still had smart handling the ball a lot, and I'm sure that's just about workload management for him. You know, they upped his minutes, I think, to, what, 32 was the max he could play in the Pacers game. And so they obviously don't want him necessarily handling the ball the entire time and, but you know, working his way back in. And he's a guy who does much better. He does great off the ball, don't get me wrong, 
but he needs stretches of the game where he's really dictating the offense and getting things going. And, and I don't see them really utilizing him, you know, to his normal fullest yet. So I think that's going to have a little bit of an impact um, too. And in his absence, Tatum has emerged as a guy who is definitely handling the ball, bringing it up the floor, setting up the offense, going into ISO, hitting the big shots. I mean, Tatum's the primary option right now. I'm not saying that Walker might not have some moments where he becomes the primary option again as we approach the postseason, um, but I think Tatum is kind of taking the mantle at this point. Yeah, I well, I think he has. I think he's still a 22-year-old uh, who's still trying to figure it out a little bit. I mean, he certainly has all these powers, but trying to figure out how to use them in a, in a clutch situation. And I think also the team trying to figure out how to use them in a clutch situation. You know, I mean, the, the you know, the giveaway the other night, um, you know, that was, that was a, a tough loss to Utah, a game that I think they probably should have had, um, you know, the Brooklyn game. I mean, where do you just want to even begin with that one? Uh, but those were, you know, those were at least a couple instances um Houston too but but I think really the Brooklyn I think really all three of those losses there were instances where it did feel like we're still trying to figure this thing out um with Tatum kind of reaching that level and and Kemba either being not a non-factor or a much lessened factor it'll be interesting to see how that works when you know Kemba is at full strength I I just I felt like personally I felt like there were times when while while Tatum has that capacity, they still need to find ways to share the ball a bit better. The shot distribution needs to be a bit better. I mean, Kemba's nodded himself. Smart was take, took a number of key shots here down the stretch. I mean, Hayward had that one three probably in the last five minutes, but he really didn't get any other shots. I just I feel like there needs to be more um, a better you, you missed shot. Nah, you missed it. You missed it earlier. You know, I know you weren't able to watch the whole game, but they yeah. just got they got ugly in the Pacers game for what you were able to catch towards the end of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter. Before that, they yeah. you know they staked a 17 point lead, but they were moving the ball around. Everybody was oh, getting involved. Yeah, I'm talking about end of game of though. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh, about I get end it. of game situations, I, and I, I think I, that's where they've fallen off of late. Is well, how well, my, do you close games? And yeah, that's where I think they've really off. My, my point is, if, if they hadn't fallen off in their ability to play that way midway to th- through the third quarter, those options would still be there. You know, it's one thing when you're down to the six, four, not even that, the four-minute mark maybe, four or five-minute mark, and you come out of it and you start going into more ISO, and then to your point, there's not enough shots to go around. But if they continue to play the way that they did – for almost that entire game leading up to the very end of the third quarter, you know, they should just, there's plenty of shots to go around if they keep playing that way is my point. Lots of guys, lots of ball movement. You know, we saw the one in the fourth quarter where Hayward kicked it out to Tice. Now that's not the guy that you're necessarily, when you're, you know, going baseline and you probably could have laid it in, that's not the guy you're really kicking the shots out for. But you know what? To credit Tice, he hit the shot and that's, it's the confidence in each other that generates ball movement, that creates open shots, that's playing the right way down the stretch. And if Walker and Tatum are both doing well, and Hayward's doing well, and Jalen Brown is healthy, and they're moving the ball the way they do for the first three quarters, regardless of the increased defensive pressure, then I think, you know, that thing solves itself. But it has everything to do with, you know, having a commitment to ball movement. And that's that's what happens sometimes with this team. And I know you said recently, but we've seen it all season. There are just some games where they just quit moving the ball down the stretch. Yeah. Well, and, and I, some of that you have to excuse because they really don't have, they don't have that. I, I don't think that they have a lot of those late game situations to rely upon as a unit. And two, you know, if Kemba isn't Kemba, Okay, well then people need to do different things, and and Tatum is different than Tatum was, and so it, it's a bit of a moving target, I feel like, and and so I'm not really trying to blame them and say, geez, they should have, you know, they should, why can't they do this? I'm just, I guess it's it's a lament more than anything to say, I wish it were that way. I wish it were that they were healthy and able to kind of 
okay, figure it out together. And, and it just, it feels like they're constantly trying to, you know, the, the, the dog chasing its tail. They're just always trying to get it, you know, and, and instead of having that sustained period. And there's really, I don't, other than health, you can't really, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. Hands, I was, you yeah, know, you got to you got to just you got to wait you got to get everybody healthy and not worry about seeding at this point and just hope that at the beginning of April you're going to take those 2 weeks and have everybody out on the court for more limited minutes build that rapport and and lay some foundation down but you can follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live you can uh, follow me at CSL underscore Justin you can follow John at CSL underscore Duke the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android simply search CLNS media in your app marketplace YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. <laughs> At least not right now. Oh, Whoops. man. And the Garden Report. Dude, do we want a coronavirus this, or do we want to just pretend it doesn't exist? I think we got to talk a little bit about it. I mean, okay, because it's crazy. annoying the absolute crap out of me. Well... It's I not think, that type of bug, but yeah, sure. So it's actually, <laughs> actually it is. That's another <laughs> misnomer. It, abs- it absolutely is that type of bug. And, uh, but it's also, people are way overblowing this, dude. Here's the thing that I thought was the most funny, right? They kick everybody out of the locker room. And then, you know, Scal gets to have his interview, and there's the whole six to eight feet, and he's pumping a mic, he's put, taking a microphone and putting it in Brad Stevens' face, and the microphone has a fuzzy top on it, and then he brings it back to his mouth. Well, you are talking, and there is droplets coming out of your mouth whenever you talk onto this microphone, and then they extend it across the room. What is the difference between Scal standing next to the coach and talking into the mic and then handing it over versus being six feet away? Dude, the the misunderstanding of all of this is bananas. The fact that the, that, that the media has played this out like it's the freaking Walking Dead, right? And it's not the Walking Dead. The whole thing – and I'm a nurse, dude. And so there's going to be people that are going to hear this, and they're going to be like, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, all it is is we have to keep the people with comorbid health issues who are over 65 safe, and we've got to try not to, like, just go bananas with it and then ignore it to a point where we flood the hospitals because the hospitals aren't ready to take everybody all at once. But the truth is this. Most people are going to have mild symptoms. And the players, how many of the how many of the players have already gone out with the flu this season? Remember that one stretch? It was like yeah. it was just like one, and then the next, and then the next. So did they kick the media out? And then like we're talking about really healthy athletes, and I get it. You want to do your best to prevent it, and I'm not saying you don't do anything, and you don't wash your hands, and you don't do the things that you should be doing every day anyway, but. But I am saying, like, the whole hysteria of it is just out of control. Like, all they should be doing is screening people for flu-like symptoms, cold symptoms. And if somebody sneezes and looks like they have a cold, get them the hell out of there. Otherwise, you don't know. They could get it from their kids. They can get it from their loved ones. uh, The whole thing, dude. But I don't think it's about protecting the players so much as I think it's about protecting the fans from themselves. You know, they're I don't not think kicking it's... the fans out of the building. They're kicking the media uh, out of the locker room. Well, but but the, the 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 media, I mean, the media gets spread amongst the media too. So, I mean, gatherings of people, large gatherings of people, and I would okay, you know, hold on. So I mean, look at look at it. The Italy. 30? I mean, they're the... they're kicking out fans out of arenas. I mean, I, that's where this is gonna go. I mean, well, that know, makes more coming next. But see, that's my point. If you're gonna do something crazy like that. Then it makes more sense to do that than kick the the media out of the locker room. It's 30 people. And you know what? Maybe keep them out of the locker room, but give them, 
you know, plenty of opportunity to interview. Do you know what I mean? Who who really cares? I mean, I know our friends and and our good people at CLNS obviously care a great deal about being able to get in the locker room, but, and, and without that access, there's not a lot to talk about, but as a, as a player, um, would I be excited about having people hanging around my locker, you know, before and after game? Probably not. Less, um, less so if I for a loss. It's but. a lot easier to manage the media because they come in a restricted entrance. There's there's things you can do. They're limited yeah. in number that you can do to control that environment other than making a you know and it's not like it I'm not criticizing the Celtics the whole NBA is doing this right it's a whole NBA thing so you know like but, but, but my point is but my point is this I get why they can't kick the fans out they need the dollars right. the economy's so. going into the freaking tank right now and it's definitely not going to help when your you know major sporting arenas can't have any players in there like how do you make any money you know i get it it's a major threat to the business and there's lots of businesses that are going to have to adapt right now that are all taking hits because of the mass hysteria which in my opinion has not been statistically justified yet in the united states and secondly you know you look at the whole deal like it's the fans that are the real issue it is you got tens of thousands of fans coming into an arena. You're not screening them, and then you're packing them. Look, I just went to the Houston game. You know, you are, like, in the nosebleed seats. Right. You are shoulder to shoulder, you know, and, yep. Yep. you know, there was three drunk guys in front of me, and the two of them had to be caught by other people so they didn't fall over and go tumbling down the stairs. You know what I mean? And people definitely got really close quartered catching them. So I'm just saying, at the end of the day, like that, if you want to prevent the spread of the disease, it's not happening in the locker room, you know, or with a limited amount of personnel behind the scenes. It's in the stands. I think it's about sending a message about the need to be cautious, and it's about limiting wherever they can. And as you said, it's not about dollars and cents. It's about access and you know, giving the right for coverage. Well, they're going to get plenty of coverage. That's not going to be an issue. So I mean, the uh, whole idea of people being in the locker room is, you know, probably questionable to begin with. But then, you know, but as you said, it's really about do you let the fans in or not. And that $16,000, 16000 you know, person um, gathering, whether it's the Red Sox or the, whether it's the Celtics or the or the uh, the Bruins, you know, that's in that building. That's a big deal. Never mind concerts and any other large gathering. So, I mean, I, I don't think um, it, what's interesting too. Do, is would you think this it does impact, impact the salary cap? Oh, for sure. Like Absolutely, this, this, it's going to impact the salary cap. Yeah, far this more than to, right? far more than China. The, all the stuff with Tencent pulling, you know, rights fees and things like that. This is going to, I think this is going to be, this could be a much larger issue. And we don't even know what's, now, it probably won't hurt, um, obviously, I don't think it's going to hurt your TV revenues at all, because those are large, largely fixed. But, you know, you're, you're, you're take at the gate. Remember they always say it's like one and a half to two million dollars you get the gate for each home game uh, that the home team gets uh, in the playoffs. Well, what if the whole what if the playoffs are played before empty houses? How do you how do you respond to uh, you know home court advantage? Does home court advantage matter? Can you go to how about let's, things get really crazy? Can you even get to Toronto? You know, I mean, you know, will airfare be shut? I mean, this is just this can get wild. <laughs> this could go so far, but you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know there are. You know, Do you think they just lock it out? I mean, they survived the last lockout, right? Like, would it almost be better? I think they'll play because I think there's too much TV money on the table, mm, and, that's true. and they can't lose every dollar. Even if they're played in front of empty gyms, you know, I mean, just seeing what the uh, you know the Italian soccer league Serie A is doing. I mean, Do you know how weird it will be without the NBA fans cheering? Like, would 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 they put in fake cheering noise, like just to? Oh, I don't know what they would do. Would they play music? Would it just you know would 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 they just play music through you know in an empty arena just so there's? Do you know how that's? It's going to influence the product so immensely. 
the, right. the motivation of the players, the moment, like yeah. it's going to feel like a pickup game in the YMC, YMCA for those guys from like back in, you know, back in their high school days. It's it's going to yeah. be so as a matter of fact, they probably had more spectators at a pickup game when they were kids than they'll have in the auditorium. Yeah, that's it's really bizarre. They're, they had more. I, I guarantee they'll have more people. Uh, you know, there than AAU games those go, those guys played growing up, you know, and things like that. I mean, it's it's completely bananas how this is all gonna manifest itself here in the next um, you know few weeks. And you know, hopefully, like you said, I mean, the, the medical side of this, the scientific side of this takes over, and and there's a you know there's you know we kind of turn the turn the worm, and you know the worm turns on this, and we're able to kind of get through. Um, you know, in some places that China has started to see a dip, Korea, you know, South Korea started to see a dip in their new cases. Um, you know, hopefully Italy is next. You know, but clearly this thing is still climbing the United States, and until that stops, um, you know, we're gonna. I think it, the, this the 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 hysteria that you were talking about is just gonna get more and more uh, wound up. You know, and I, and and you know. As you said, it's not justified yet in the United States, but um, you know, there's there's some bad stuff if we're not if we're not careful. So hopefully that doesn't that isn't the case. What's the next topic? Ah, all right, I got it. Uh, yeah, March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big <laughs> tournament. Yes, that tournament, the one with no fans in the building. Right, exactly. Make sure to head to Bet Online because that's where you're going to have the most fun. Open up an account today to get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting March 15th. That's right. I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. And with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code. You know it, CLNS50 for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You gotta take the reins, bro. All right, Tapped. all right. Well, okay, so we're at a point. Let's let's talk about what's left, right? So. Uh, the Celtics have their 19 games and all that. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, so let's, let's go, let's go real deep dive here on the next week. Cause the next week is really interesting. So, uh, you know, obviously Bucks, just, wizards, bulls, right? Right. So bucks, there's some question as to whether Giannis will play in that game. Um, and so that would be an important game to get, uh, then we've got, as you said, Wizards, Bulls, but there's a back-to-back. So they're in the middle of a four and six, which is never a fun little situation. But um, And they've really only got, I think, two more of these the rest of the year, and then that's it. So thank goodness we're, we're almost through this uh, hectic schedule. But they're going to get a two-day off break here in a little bit. They play the twice Bulls. against the Bucks. As they close out the season, so they got a, yeah. they got some playoff tests. I mean, I don't know. The other Bucks game is April fifth. They have one, two, three, four, five games after that. There's a good chance the do the Bucks almost have this locked up. How many games oh, up yeah. are they on Toronto? Six and a half. Yeah, it's, so it's close. Yeah, it's I, really close. So you know, let's just talk about playoff seating. You know, real real quick here. So Celtics obviously there's the three game uh, gap there between them and Toronto for for the two seed. And I was incorrect. They only play Toronto once. Play Milwaukee twice. Toronto once. So you know the Bucks pretty much have this thing wrapped up. I mean six and a half games up with what well, we said eighteen to go. It's pretty hard to to lose that. Um, you know with Giannis hurt, I would. I mean if Giannis they don't have Giannis they don't have anything. So 
Why not give him more time? Let him rest. They've lost three in a row at this point. Obviously, they they need Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, you know, losing the Lakers is one of those losses as well. Um, and the Raptors, which is understandable game. without Giannis. There's other games that would be less understandable, but the Lakers one's an obvious. Like, how do you compete without him? Exactly. Yeah, it's just yeah, no other no other way. So you know, we got. You know, Toronto, as I said, Toronto is the two seed. Boston, three games back at three. Miami is two games back of them. Uh, and then Indiana is two and a half games uh, back of them at fifth. And the Sixers, uh, just a half game back of Indiana. In, so what's interesting is Philly in six. So I, I think. Yeah, what? who do we want? Philly. Yeah, right. who do we want? Philly or Indy? Yep, do no we doubt. want to avoid? We just saw Indy. We played them last year. We know what we're running there to. Oladipo clearly is starting to find his his mojo. We yeah, saw that tonight. Yeah, he played well, and, and that Indy is scaring me more than the 76ers. Where's Embiid at? Last I knew, he wasn't playing. Is he back on the floor now? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Look it up. So, well, and, and Simmons isn't back, and and that's to me Simmons is the bigger. Uh, as wild as that may be, you know, but I, I think Simmons really is an important piece for them to play against Boston. Um, not because he has that back to the basket thing, but if he ever figures it out, he's the difference maker. He's yeah, the guy. Embiid hasn't, Embiid hasn't played since February 26th. And, you know, if, you know, if you've got a, a spot, you could put Tatum on him or put him on Tatum and, that's that's a tough match for 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 Tatum um, with that size and strength that that Ben Simmons has. Great defender, um, no doubt. So you know, it could go either way. It's a half game right now between fifth and sixth. Uh, to me, Philly is going to probably sit back and not work all that hard. They probably want to play Boston. Frankly, um, I would probably I would think they would want to play Boston more than they'd want to play Toronto. Um, so I would think they're going to do their darndest to end up in sixth. Um, but if we're sixth and we can't get the two seed because it's, we're three games behind, um, what does that what does that do? Where does that put Boston? You know, should we be working extra hard? Should we possibly look to drop to four? Uh, so we're playing Indiana um, with a t- you know only two games ahead of Miami. And only three, three games back at Toronto, although we have one more game with Toronto. I think one more game with Miami as well. Let me just double check. Two more games with Miami. So the Celtics have two games with Milwaukee, one game with Toronto, and two games with um, with the Miami Heat. So, I mean, who would who would be your preferred opponent, Justin? Philly? Not just because you live there? Uh, yeah, probably Philly at this point. I mean, they, again, they got their two best players are out right now who are probably going to be healthy, but maybe they'll be rusty. I don't know. Ordinarily, and especially with this season started, you definitely would not say Philly. You would 100% not say that. And I feel like we play Indy tough, but to your point, Oladipo and, you know, you and I have always uh, been big fans of Sabonis, right? But I think I think the smart play is still Indiana, but I think in my heart I would want Philly. Yeah. I, I mean, the disappointing thing is I really want – the Suggs need a good first-round series. They need to play well in the first round. A first-round exit would really be a disappointment this season. I don't feel like Indy's defense so, is there, and I think that they could yeah. build some offensive confidence, whereas I think Philly could really get in their head if they get healthy, get right, and and play that lockdown defense. It would be nice to see the Celtics' offense be able to, to work a little bit in some of the games, especially in the seven-game series. Indy's D is going to break down enough mm-hmm. that the Celtics are going to have plenty of bright spots. But, you know, Philly's one of those that if they really lock down on defense – they could take the Celtics out of their offensive game, even though they have so many weapons, and that could be an issue. Then on the other hand of that, though, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum love playing Philly. They do, absolutely. Philly also has the second easiest schedule left. Uh, 
they're uh, just a little over 40, 40 under, a little under 45% winning percentage the rest of the way. Boston is just a, a hair under 500, and uh, Toronto is, you know, 513. Toronto does have to play Milwaukee twice, you know, as Boston does. So that helps. Toronto also has to play the Lakers uh, and uh, Denver. So, they do have some some real tests against the iron and and you know the other piece of this is you know look at where other teams are because how how the Celtics play or how uh, their opponents fare is dependent upon what other teams are attempting to do. You know, the Lakers right now are up six and a half on the Clippers again looking with with a sizable advantage over their second second uh, place team in the West as Milwaukee does in the East, but. To me, I you know I still think the Lakers are going to have to push because the Clippers clearly, apart from the loss the other night, had been coming on fairly strong, um, some as a, as a group, seemingly looking a little bit better than they had of late. So I would think the Lakers will have to keep the pedal to the metal a bit um, for a little while longer, at least. Hopefully long enough to get to give an L to uh, to the Raptors. But man, Toronto has been strong. Um, and and that's you know a credit to them certainly, but I there's nothing that worries me about facing Toronto, uh, even you know even in a, in a seven game series, uh, I would just would prefer to not have to play the harder team as uh, the first round opponent. That's the real difference of the Toronto series. I'm actually I don't think I think they can go to Toronto and win a game seven. I just don't know if they can, if if they can couple going to Toronto in a game seven. And having a tougher first round series, I feel like those two pieces might be too much for Boston. I don't know, man. It it uh, it's like we've said all season long. You know, we've never really had a chance to see this team for any stretch of time be healthy. So the answer is, if it's this revolving door of game on, game off, game on, game off, different players, yeah, of course it'll be tough. I think if this team is 100% healthy, you know, and Walker's where he should be and everything else, I'm not so sure. I, I think that, I think that this team can pretty much handle anything that's thrown at it, even Milwaukee, if they're healthy. Um, especially because it, it's, it's what we talked about with Daniel Tice, right? Like all season long, do they need to get a center? Do they need to trade for a center? Dot, 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 dot. And now the narrative is the dude's proven himself. His confidence goes up every single game. He can make defensive plays. He's getting um, open on the break when the de- defense collapses on driving players like Kemba Walker or even Gordon Hayward. Like he's getting smarter by the minute. Um, so I, I think the issue is the bench during the regular season and keeping these guys healthy, but the bench is going to have even less minutes in the postseason, which only strengthens these guys as long as they stay healthy. I think they, I think the health is the biggest issue. If they can keep everybody good and everybody's playing. I think, I think they can take anything as long as the shots fall to make or miss league. You know, they could definitely run into a scenario where, you know, if Jason Tatum isn't able to hit those big shots, the teams do some adjustments defensively and it starts to to clamp them down. It could be tough going, especially if they're not moving the ball. But if they play their game the way they play their game and they're healthy, I think, you know, even a tough first round opponent, they can still, you know, take Toronto. As a matter of fact, I think they got it in them to beat Toronto, you know, on the road early enough and, and close it out in six, to be honest with you. Um, and, and we've seen it before and I'm not sure that it applies to this year's team, we don't we don't really know. This team is sort of the same and different all at the same time, right? It's really bizarre. But going all the way back to that first, you know, first round in, in for Banner seventeen in two thousand seven and eight, if you look that th- that first round opponent was a big battle for them, right? And and we've seen it year and year year in and year out. I almost think a cupcake. Of a first round uh, challenge, this happened last year too. You know, a cupcake first round just doesn't get them in the right frame of mind because in the second round, you know, not being the number one seed, you're definitely getting a quality opponent. You know, the number yeah. one seed kind of can might, especially in the Eastern Conference, which is getting better now. Mm-hmm. But in the past, 
you're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, you might not see a good, solid, quality opponent until you're playing for the Eastern Conference Finals. And then it might be a little bit tougher along the way for everybody else, and everybody else is getting a tough second round and Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't know that that's the case this year, but I think that the Southers just need to get battle-tested right out of the gate. I'm just not sure... Again, that we want them being battle tested in the first round against a good defensive team because there could be downstream impacts to the chemistry on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And and I think, you know, Philly is is really um, he that's a team to me that is is ready made for Kemba Walker to go in and light them up for for six games and, and really be the end of that whole thing. Um, what I worry about is Kemba Walker not being Kemba Walker. And, and really being unable to do use his quickness and use his downhill abilities and use his, his pull-up jumpers to really pull and force you know Embiid out of where he wants to be. And if if that's the case, if they don't have Kemba Walker being Kemba Walker, I feel I don't feel quite as good about playing against Philly. That's the one team I feel that way. I, really, there's no one else. You know, a bit with Milwaukee, but but everyone else, it's really much more about. Tatum and the wing depth. Being yep, and Brown and Hayward. Those totally. three playing well, no doubt. Yep, I really, you know, Miami, Toronto, Indiana, um, and Milwaukee too, I think. Uh, that's really a lot more about the wing depth and the ability to punish guys like Pat Connaughton and um, TJ Warren and, you know, Duncan Robinson and guys like that who are, you know, who may have one string, strong area, but are not complete players to the degree that that Brown, Tatum, and uh, and Hayward are, and that's and me, even that's Tatum. The so there's there's an observation that keeps getting brought up. Maybe we can end on this and go into outtakes. But there's an observation that keeps getting brought up about Tatum versus the beginning of the season where he's finishing stronger. It's obvious, right? He's getting up to the rim instead of trying to finish with a layup that just isn't quite dropping. He's throwing it down now. He's more aggressive. The whole confidence, but. And and we've noted since the beginning of the season that his defense has improved. But there's an area of his game, which is steals, that he's been doing a much better job of disrupting the passing lanes and still staying in front of his man to be able to alter the shot. That is another uptick that I think is might even have just been noticed. Up, uh, the first, I think I've only noticed it over the last week and a half, two weeks. But I found him more and more using, we talked about those long arms, more and more not only using those long arms to finish, which is what we talked about on the last you know show, but also using those long arms to get a handle on the ball when they don't quite know what they're doing with it or they're trying to make a sneaky pass. You know, through the lane, it's like he's get he's anticipate. It's the anticipation, I think. He's anticipating those passes, and he's starting to deflect them, if not just grab them. And and how many turnovers, even going back to that Houston game, has he forced over along the baseline when somebody gets pinched into a double, and then they start trying to pass or fight through a double, and he's knocking the ball loose or knocking it back, like he's disrupting that way better than he did at the beginning of the season. You know, to hear Pop talk about two-way player, yes, but we act like his two-way play is really only making incremental or leaps and bounds on the offensive side and that his defense was already pretty good and he's still, you know, by committing to defense, it's great. No, he's growing defensively, not just making a full commitment. No, I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, and well, and, and the other thing is, is that what he's also doing is offensively, he's absolutely, you know, crazy. But but what's what's really working to me is that he's doing both. He's not taking a step back to let the other, you know, to to make that happen. He's he's working hard in both areas. Yep. Fully committed at both at, totally. at the same time of the game. Totally. And because that is really the difference to me between him being a, a, a good player, uh, a really good player, uh, you know, another young player who's lighting it up, a Trey young who everyone wants to talk about with his 29 point a game and blah, 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 all that. Um, but the difference is, is Tatum is scoring a ton having a hard time for anyone to stop him, but he's also a problem to quote LeBron James. He is a problem on the other end as well. You know, he's someone they have to keep, you know, keep track of. He's the, the kid is eighth in defensive wind shares 
um, in the league. The guys in front of him are LeBron, Bam Adebayo, Drummond, Lopez, Gobert, Anthony Davis, and Giannis. I mean, that's a that's a pretty darn good you know group uh, ahead of him there. And and again, you look at uh, what the profile is of a young player who's figuring out his his offensive game, how powerful he can be. He's doing he's figuring those things out. Meanwhile, he's arguably the team's best defensive player. Arguably. Because I, I think argue, Marcus Smart has I, deserves a chance yeah. to have a piece of that argument, but but you get my point. I mean, that's that's. I just that's want him to. I just want him to pace himself so that he doesn't wind up having a fatigue injury while everybody else is hurt and he's shouldering all this responsibility. I just want to make sure that he can still play like this when we hit the postseason. It's great that he's young. And that definitely helps a ton. Like, I don't think he's going to get a wear and tear injury, nor do I think Jalen Brown. But at the same time, you know, it only takes a hammy tweak and, you know, it's a real big issue. So uh, and, you know, the hammy for Jalen wasn't really uh, it wasn't like he was getting too many minutes and it played, you know, at shoulder. I mean, he was playing really well when it happened. But, you know, sometimes that stuff just happens as a fluke, too. You know, it's not a load management issue. But I just I want to I want Tatum to play within himself. I want him to play controlled at both ends of the floor with high effort. I just don't want him to get some, you know, fluke out of control thing. And the truth is, though, I don't see him playing that way. See him playing hard, but I don't see him playing like Marcus Smart is like prone to injury because he's so extra effort level. You know what I mean? And sometimes on the borderline of being out of control with it that, you know, you could see the fluke injury and he plays through a lot of the bang bang that comes from that. You know, even look at the shot he hit on the inside at the end of the Pacers game. You know, he comes crashing to the floor. He's looking for the foul. He's kind of a little upset about it. How many times does he do that every game? A lot, dude. A lot. Yeah, He's I mean, going to have a lot of pain meds in his 50s and 60s. I, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will. I mean, the only thing I, I, I would say is that he's, uh, to go back to Tatum, I mean, he is, he's putting some serious numbers up in terms of his his time on the court. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm running the numbers. Oh, I know, dude. Running. He's on my fantasy league. Every night he's throwing it up as one of the top guys. Like, So he's averaging, since the All-Star break, he's averaging 37 minutes a game. And he's 22, yes, but... And they need him to. That's that's part of the issue. He's, you know, he had that stretch. Uh, yeah, he's literally lifting it up when Brown is out and Kayward right. is out and Walker is out. Like, you know, he's he's yeah. all they got. He had that one stretch at the end of January where he he had three games where he was he was out. I can't remember what that what that injury was. Was it an ankle? I can't recall. I mean, other than that, though, he's only missed two other games all year. So <laughs> he's the only one I'm worried about in terms of load management, you know, in terms of making sure he's ready to go. Uh, everyone else has had a stretch or two where they've been out a couple weeks or more. So I Who's would love that him. superhero that like stretches out. Stretch you know what Armstrong. I mean? It's like, is it, is that what it's no, no, no. stretch Armstrong is. Yeah. That's, that's the stretchy. Guy. Yeah, yeah. The toy. Right. So, yeah. But who's the superhero that like stretches out? Because that's kind of Tatum. Oh, it's like Mr. Fantastic. You're talking about the Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That should be Tatum's nickname. He's like. They are the Fantastic fl- Four. So Ooh. yeah, you have get we the, gone there? Have we, we gone, might have there? gone there? He is. Yeah. I think we Fantastic were trying to come Four. up with a name, but. I don't think we ever made this so, connection. So let's see okay. about this. So Tatum is – hold on. This is the outtakes. This is the outtakes. Close, yeah, we will <laughs> – to be continued momentarily, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember, you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show for staff writer samuel elias executive producer larry h russell go ahead john add the sammy no i'll, I'll i was gonna I, no it's okay it's okay sammy 
<laughs> the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Okay, John, so I'm not great at the whole Marvel superhero, all of that, right? Yeah. So the Fantastic Four, is that the one where they have the one guy who's like a rock thing or something? Thing. uh, Oh, it's Thing. Is it really? That's hilarious. (laughs) That was an accident. I literally did not. All right. So we have have Thing. Sure, it wasn't. It really was. And then you have... Oh, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. That's Fantastic. the stretchy right. guy. Reed Richards. Who's the other two? Sue Storm. Johnny Storm. So he's he's the Human Torch. Okay. So the Human Torch. So you could easily right, Reed Richards, you got the, the Gumby the human guy. Torch. Right. Right. And then and then you get the thing that which would be I think you'd have to look at Marcus Smart would be kind of the guy I'd be looking at. Yeah. Right. So you kind of got those are pretty easy, right? So then you get Human Torch. Now Human Torch is kind of interesting, right? Because you've got you know who Jalen Brown. That I mean, in terms does he of fly haircut, around? Does he like you know what I mean? Like what right. you're saying? He's a Human Torch, but does he just shoot fire flames from his hands or something? Or he does he have more torch. Superman kind of thing? He or can fly? He's he's okay. He's it's Jalen. Yeah. He can fly. It's Jalen. Okay. That, All right. Yep. So Sue Storm. Sue Storm is she is the sister of Johnny Storm and the uh, the lady friend of Reed Richards, right? And she is she's got really two things. She can, she's got invisibility, and she's oh, got she's she hey, she's Hayward. Field. No, Hayward, Hayward. Hayward is Sue Storm. <laughs> he's invisible for half the game, and then you look up and you realize that he's one of the biggest reasons you won. He scored thirty points. How did that happen? He's Mr. Invisible. So what does that mean with Kemba? Where does Kemba fit in? Well, right? I don't know. You told me there's four. Well, there's four. We just and, then four. You, and you let Marcus Smart be things, so there's nothing I mean, else. How could you not? I mean, how could you not, right? You That's, said she has two powers? She Right. She she's kind of creates, like, force fields and invisibility. Um, you know, she can make things invisible. Yeah, yeah. That's her maybe, deal. Maybe Hayward and Walker are a combination. Walker makes, you know, makes Hayward Mister makes him invisible. So what's also interesting, and this is kind of the origin story of this. Man, I'm going deep on this. Uh, is that um, there were five people in a spacecraft, and there was a gamma storm that hit the spaceship, and gamma all of them. This all is them, like the Hulk. Exactly. Hold on, hold on. Changed. No way. They all change exactly. Walker and all change is the thing. The fifth, and we, get, and we get to bring in the Hulk, who is Marcus Smart. Well, right. So you get the, well, you could do that, or so there. The fifth guy on that ship was became, I should say, became Doctor Doom, who was like the big bad guy. Uh, uh, the up against. So you could also say Doctor Doom would be Marcus Smart as well. But uh, I think Thing fits him best. It does fit him best. He's although he you know he does obviously get hurt, but there's things that he does which are completely uh insane. So um yeah. But yeah maybe, that's maybe we just leave Walker out and we go with the more traditional, you know, wings. The the Fantastic Four uh, for the wings. Like I know Marcus handles the ball, but yeah. he he is really more of a wing. You know he what is. I mean? Slightly undersized, but plays bigger. He's so maybe the Fantastic Four is is smart Tatum, Brown, and Hayward. Now, one and, person who works with them often though is Spider Man. Spider Man is also kind of in their kind of uh, mm. their thing too. So you could argue that that Spider Man could be, uh, you know, I, I think I think we nailed the Sue Storm. I think we nailed the. Re- <laughs> I like I that you there. went with Mister Invisible first. <laughs> you could, yeah, I know. You could say Thing could fit as as smart. He could fit as, you know, Kemba. You he could really say you could say Kemba him. is is the Human Torch because you know when he gets hot, it's it's incendiary. So you could also go there. Um, but I don't you know, know that Jalen is Spider Man then. He is kind of Spider Man like, Spider Man like, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So anyway, so that yeah, I think because Spider Man is never okay. Hold on, I think this is where we're going. Yeah, Kemba is the torch. Yeah, right. Yeah, Hayward is Mrs. Invisible, Sue Storm, Mister Invisible. There you go. Right. Tatum is Mister Fantastic. And by the way, that should be his nickname effective now. Like that should just take off, Mister Fantastic. (laughs) Right. Print it. Come on, Jelso. Let's go, baby. I'm saying he's Mr. (laughs) Fantastic. It's too good. So we're going to have to start pumping this on Twitter because only a small part of Weird Celtics Twitter listens to our podcast. So so we got – he's Mr. Fantastic. And then then we have – wait, who – oh, and uh, Thing is Marcus Smart. And then then we have – Spider-Man, who is sort of like the Robin of the Marvel Universe, right? Like what Robin is to Batman, Spider-Man almost always. I mean, I get that he gets a prominent role, but he's never really – he's not a bumping idiot of a superstar. And he's a leading guy in some of the movies, but he's he's really more of a role-playing kind of character. You know what I mean? He's more of a supporting actor, even when he is the – when he when the even when the movie's about him, yeah, you know his skill base and everything else is supporting actor like, but he has this like incredible athleticism. He's definitely yeah, and he's definitely not. Um, his intellect is a key super part. smart. Yeah, he's exactly. super smart, yes. but he has that ath- crazy uh, athleticism. Um, you know, but he's also his Stop. own insecurities sometimes um, hurt him as well. So. I- yeah, I think we kind of nailed it. The Fantastic Four and Spider-Man are the Boston Celtics, you know, key guys. We, can, we need know, we, somebody to put a graphic up for yep. us for this episode. Come on, let's go. CLNS, baby, let's go, baby. Let's come on. You know. I like it. Kemba Fire, Kemba Fire. There you go. Kemba Walker gets on fire. <laughs> the, the Human tor- Torch. The Human Torch. Kemba Fire. <laughs> I love it. All right, right. more appropriate than ever. If you're still listening, you're welcome. That was a good one. That was good. I was I wasn't sure where we.